I want you to, about the Christian life, I want to talk about the Christian life. I want to talk about, and I want to entitle this series, one big topic, I want to title this series, Practical. That's what I want to title this series, just practical, that's it. The Christian life, practical, amen, and I want to show you some practical things uh, from your, what happens when you give your life to Jesus, all right? If you have your Bibles, open it to John chapter 1. We'll start in John, and we will make our way in the coming weeks throughout the whole journey of the Christian life. John chapter 1, verse 11. John chapter 1, verse 11. Um, it says... And he came to his own. And those who were his own did not, did not receive him. But as, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right, exousia, to become what? Children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. But of God. I want to talk about this morning. What happens when you give your life to Jesus. And then we talked about what happened when you follow Jesus. Let's talk about what happened when you give your life to Jesus. Amen. One of the things, when I finished our series last week about, last week about expectation, you know, that's one thing you remember we talked about, expectation. That some people believe that when they, when they follow Jesus, there's a difference now between following and receiving. And giving your life to Jesus. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times we don't expect storms. Because we think that when I give my life to Jesus, that's not supposed to happen to me. The question was asked, why do bad things happen to good people? And the question that I always ask is, how good were they? <laughs> You're going to catch that on 288. <laughs> Amen. There's not a good person in this world but one, and that was Jesus. Now, your actions may be good, but you still have a motive behind your actions. I wish I had somebody. And sometimes the motive behind our actions, it benefits us, makes you feel good. So really, was it a good act? <laughs> Whenever you do good, it has to always benefit the one that you're doing the good to or for. And when I finished this series on expectation, you now know that there are blessings there are benefits, there's also burdens that come in the Christian life. 
When I say practical, I'm saying it refers to a person, an idea, a project, amen, or as being concerned not with anything else but the relevant practice of something. That's what something practical is all about. It's not all theory. You know what I found out in the Christian life? We can think it's all theory. You know, I know I have the Holy Spirit. I, I know I have the Word of God. But I love what I hear. Um, uh, I'm teaching a class now uh, to pastors and wives. And, and, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the persons, one of the students asked, well, pastor, what does that look like? And instantly in my mind, I'm like, that's practical. You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of times in church, we, we, we overemphasize things or we, we get into the theory of it, but we never get into the practice of it. Do you They know what to do. Come on, help me with this, y'all. Y'all going to help me? They know what to do. They know we got to pray, but they don't pray. They know how to pray, but yet it's so difficult to pray. So I believe that when we follow Jesus, one thing, but when we give our lives to Jesus, it's something totally different. May I ask you, may I ask you this question? Would it make a big difference if you knew more about God? Because I believe there are times where we know so much about God, but yet we still don't practice it. Do I have witness? What, what difference would it really make? Do you believe that we must live differently? Do, do we have the ability to make changes in our lives? These and many more principles you will learn in this series. Sometimes we can't see the forest. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oftentimes we're paying attention to all the, the, the we're not paying attention to the right thing. And I believe that's the same thing we do in our Christian journey. I believe sometimes in our Christian journey, we have so much accumulation of information without the practice of it. And that's the reason why, to some degree, saints, we're living defeated. Do I have a witness? Oftentimes, we, we want to do right, but yet it seems like it seems like everything is coming our way. And we have the information, but for some right reason, we're paralyzed to do it. Do I have anybody? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you said you wasn't, but you did? Oh, I wish I had somebody. I won't do it again, God. Come on, help me, somebody. I promise I'm not going to do it. Amen. But you did it anyhow. Anybody? You know, you know the consequences, but you figured, man, I'll live for tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Amen. God's going to understand. Hey, he's going to understand. He's a, he's, a, he's a loving God. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. Amen. And so what we find here in this particular book of John. Listen, one thing you want to write down, put this in your notes. The book of John is all about believing. 
Right? So I always say to every new Christian, right, and even, even seasoned Christian, every now and then, once a year, go through the book of John. It'll strengthen your belief. It'll make you stronger, right? Because every, the key word in the book of John is the word believe. John writes this. And look what he says. So, so he told us there are three things that you have going for you, going for us in this Christian life. Tell your neighbor practical. Three things. Number one, you have the word. That's verse one. Look at it. In the beginning was the what? And the word was with God. And the word, can you imagine that you're carrying around the Bible, don't even know you got God with you? What you think the word is? Tell your neighbor practical. Listen, this is God's word. And it was before it came to us with him. <laughs> Come on. And so what are you saying, Pastor? You got God with you all the time, especially if you're in his word. The word. He says, he says, look at it. He says, on all things what? So, so, so you have the word. You have the word was God. The word was with the Father. Watch this. The next thing you have, the next thing you have is he says, all things came into being what? Through him. Through who? Jesus. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In other words, everything you see, everything you put your eyes on, Jesus created it. Okay? So don't get it twisted, all right? It, listen, the scientists can't explain it, but we know the word of God has already spoken to us that it was Jesus that created it all. You with me? Watch the text now. Watch the text. It says now, it says now, in him was what? Life. And life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, but darkness did not comprehend it. All right? But so because God sent his word, and we could not understand his word because we were living in darkness, because we were born in darkness, he says the next thing you needed was a witness. Tell your neighbor a witness. So what did God do? God prepared John, who became, look what it says. It says, and there came a man. Tell your neighbor, God will always send you a witness. Someone to shed light in your life about his word. Amen. That's the reason why we have to take seriously Matthew 28. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We have, to, uh, we have to take that scripture very, very seriously because it talks about the fact that he says, Go ye therefore into all the world and be a what? Witness. Can I tell you something? Had somebody not witnessed to me, I wouldn't be standing here today. I'm going to say it one more time. Had somebody not witnessed to me, I wouldn't be standing. You wouldn't be sitting there today saying amen had not someone came along and did what? Witness to you. 
Look what it says. Look what it says. He says, he says, hold on now. He says, uh, he came to witness. To do what? To testify about what? To testify about the light so that all might believe what? Through him. Verse 8, he says he was not the light. See, sometimes what happens to people when they witness and when they preach, they think they the light. They think that they're the source. You're never the source. You are just a channel that God uses. You are just a vessel that he uses to bring somebody else to the light. You with me? Y'all follow me? I got to give you the context. Look what it says next in verse 9. It says, and there was the light, true light, which come into the world enlightens every man. So not, so you have the word, you have the word was God, you had the witness, but then you have the world. The text says, the text says, watch this. The text says, and he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world... How do you not know the one who made you? Can I help you with something theologically? Well, here's the thing. The one that created us wanted us to get back to him. God knew that the condition that we were in when we were born, that we did not have the capacity to know him, so he had to send a witness. But he had to send his word, and that his word became flesh, and that's Jesus Christ. And there's a reason I'm talking about Jesus because there's nothing else in your life that will really even matter in the end because the Bible says every knee will bow. And every tongue will make that confession of Jesus Christ. What am I saying to you? Don't take your Christian life for granted. You follow what I'm saying? Thank God that you are a Christian. Thank God that you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Thank God that when the light came, you didn't watch this. You ain't ignoring it no more. You have submitted to it. You are thanking him today that he saved you. Aren't you glad you're saved? Listen, I'm so glad I'm saved today. You know why? Because the text says, the text says he came into the world first. Right? And when he came into the world as a witness, guess what? The world didn't understand. Why do you think people don't understand who you are? Why do you think people not understanding your walk right now? Why do you think they think, man, she tripping, man, man, I, I liked her better when he was out here. Come on. They liked you better when you were doing bad. They liked you better when you wasn't about nothing. But now you're standing up. You're walking by faith and you're living a life that's pleasing unto God. And watch this. And now they want to pull you back down, but you better keep stepping. You better keep moving. You better keep trusting. You got to keep believing that the God that began to work, wait till I get there. I'm getting there in a couple of weeks. Watch this. When he started in you, he will finish this thing. You are his masterpiece. You belong to him. Are you with me? But here's the crazy part about it. Verse 11. Verse 11. I got 21 minutes. Give me, get, I'm, we we going to get out. I'll get the second half of the game. Watch this. <laughs> says he came to what? So he realized, okay, the world don't know me. Can you imagine being Jesus? 
being hated for no reason other than he's light. He went to the world. The world said, man, get out of here. I don't want nothing to do with you. So what did he do? He figured, well, I got a people, Israel. I go to them. Let's look at it. What text there? He came to his own. <laughs> Imagine caring for your own, preparing for your own, and yet when you try to help your own, somebody living that narrative right now, they reject you. You spend your whole life trying to make it a good life for your family. You spend your whole life trying to please everybody. You're trying to help everybody. And in the end, they reject you. They say, you ain't about nothing. But I you're too holy. You're too righteous. Amen. You're always down at that church. Always doing something down there. Well, God had that same experience. You see, he had the same experience of rejection. You know what Jesus, what Jesus first experienced when he was born? Rejection. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that when he was born, there was a hit out on him right away? He was a threat. You know why a lot of people can't stand Jesus? Because he's a threat. And who's a threat to? He's a threat to Satan because guess what? He can turn Satan's kingdom around. He can turn us away from his kingdom. We were all part of his kingdom at one point. But aren't you glad? Come on, somebody. You see, we need to start I'm glad I'm a Christian. Anybody glad they're a Christian today? I'm so happy. I don't listen. I, I can't make sense of it all the time, but I'm glad that I don't feel depressed no more. That I, I don't feel down no more. I don't feel like all hope is gone because I'm a Christian. I'm practical. Look, look, look at verse twelve. Verse twelve, and we're gonna stop at the but. The but part. Just stop right. Stop right there. But. On the other side of that butt, it's a big butt. Got different kinds of butts. <laughs> you know, I like to use that analogy <laughs> every now and then, but we got kids in here, so I'm going to be cool. <laughs> you got to go to the context. He says, even though my, the world rejects me, even though my own rejects me, he says, but. Tell your neighbor, write this down. Write this down. Write this down. Here's, here, here's something practical. Write this down. We know God had another plan. And, and write this down. Write this down. We know God had another plan. Write this down for me. And you were in that plan. Aren't you glad you were in that plan? Aren't you glad that God included you and I, Gentiles, in that plan because his own rejected him and God said, come here. Come here. Come on in here. And guess what age we're living in right now? The age of the Gentiles where we are allowed to accept Jesus Christ. The non I'm grateful. 
Tell your neighbor, that's a big butt. Not your butt, but it's a big butt. It's a big butt. God had another plan. And within his plan, guess what? He saw you. And in that plan, he saw you at your worst. And in that plan, he saw you at your best. And in that plan, he'd been working and preparing and pushing and pulling and Man, come on somebody and sometimes he even had to pull you out of some stuff because he had another plan I thank God that God always has another plan what they call it a better deal <laughs> he has another plan and that other plan includes you aren't you glad that you are the plan I'm so glad that I am the plan Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because when I look at my sinfulness and when I look at how jacked up I am, I wouldn't choose me. But tell your neighbor he saw beyond my sin. Ah, he saw beyond my depravity. He went beyond that to Calvary and he saved a wretch like me. Aren't you glad? That God had another plan and that plan was you all along when you thought you were all alone in this journey when you thought God left you come on somebody you were the plan his own didn't even receive him look 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 look, look what it said this is it's, 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 it says next it says it says it says but as many as receive him. This is what I'm talking, this is why I'm saying to you that there's one thing to follow Jesus, but you got to receive Jesus. You got to receive him. Now this word for receive is the, is the Greek word lambano. All right. The word lambano means to take something, to receive something. It means to catch it. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> means to catch it. You know, like like the Patriots right now winning. <laughs> you know, just to catch it. Touchdown. Catch it. Lambano. To receive. So write this down. You ready? Practical. We can receive what his own rejects. In other words, God threw it a different way. <laughs> you with me? In other words, God threw it to the other team. You with me? <laughs> Interception. <laughs> we can receive what they reject, and that's good news pastor what have I received you've received him 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 who came down 42 generations him who was born in a manger him who the world rejected his all rejected and God passed it on to you aren't you glad tell your neighbor this is practical 
Listen, listen, listen. Do you realize that you have the capacity now in this age to receive Christ? Watch this. Without any hindrances unless you allow it to stop you. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. He says, he says, he says as many as receive him. Look what he says. He says, to them. Hmm? To them. To who? The ones that received him. He gave, watch this, got to check out these words, okay? So one word, he says he gave, didomy. There's a couple words for power. The didomy power is the him giving you something. Him granting you access because you wouldn't have done it on your own. See what I'm saying? But watch this. But then he says, then he gave you the right. The right to do what? Pastor, I'll tell you in a minute. But he says the right. So write this down. So not only do we know God had another plan, not only know when we could receive what his own rejects, but now as a Christian, I'm trying to help somebody with something here. We have rights. Let me tell you what that word rights means. It means power. It means authority. Can I ask you a question? Why are we living so defeated and we got rights? Why are we living so down when we have, we have exousia power? That word means dynamite power. That word there means that you and I have rights. Authority to tell Satan, don't get behind me. The Bible says, resist. the Bible never tells you to rebuke Satan. Did you know that? Did y'all know that? <laughs> y'all be rebuking him all the time with all and all kinds of, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you over my money. I rebuke you. I re <laughs> the Bible says, resist the devil with the rights that you got at Calvary. Use your rights. Come on, use your rights. Use your authority. He says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You know what keys represent? Ownership. You know what keys represent? Power. In other words, as believers, we have to use his name, <laughs> the right to draw close to him, the right to be in his presence. We have the right to call on his name when we don't know what to do. We have the right. Why? Because he says, watch this, to become. To become what, pastor? Oh, my God. Aren't you glad you're a Christian? Tell your neighbor practical. So hold on now. I got rights. Write this, one, write this down. We have a new relationship with God. Listen. As a child of God. Come on, y'all. Come on, man. You know. Your children is a representation of you. Y'all know that? Y'all do know that, right? <laughs> so when I look at a child, I look at a parent, I can tell a whole, it's a whole story to tell. 
<laughs> because it's a, it's a clear understanding that when you look at the child, it is a direct product of what? The parent. So wait a minute. I got rights because I'm part of the family of God now. Listen. The Bible says for all of us are sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Check this out. I have a new relationship with God. May I ask you a question? How much time do you spend cultivating that relationship? Here's the other question. As a child of God, do you know what you have available to you? You got grace. You got mercy. You got the Holy Spirit. You got angels all around you. Come on, somebody. You got a God who's sovereign. You got a God who, who knows everything. You, you have the word of God. Come on, somebody. You as a child of God have to represent your God. I have a new relationship with God. Because before I knew Christ, I didn't have a relationship. But now it's possible for you to build on that relationship. Tell your neighbor practical. So, so here's how I build on that. Ready? I can pray. Our Father. Which art in heaven. Oh, hold on a second. Did I say our Father? So that means I'm a child calling my daddy. The other day, my daughter broke down on the side of 610. She didn't call her mama. She called her daddy. I said, what you want? <laughs> she said, daddy, I'm on the side of the house. I said, okay, I'm going to send somebody. And I was about to send somebody, and I thought about it. I said, no, nah, I got to go handle that. Because she didn't call anybody else. She called her Now, just think about it. If you call your daddy and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what's going on right now, but I know you can hear me, and I'm calling you daddy because we got a relationship, and I'm going to use that relationship, and I'm going to move on that relationship. I'm going to build my relationship. I'm going to stop being hard-headed, and I'm going to start talking to you about everything. Do I have a witness here today? But there are times when the devil will try to get you to think that he's not hearing you. But you got to realize and tell the devil, devil, it ain't based on what you think. But it's based on what I know. And here's what I know. He's given me the right to talk to him. He's given me the right to approach him. He's given me the right because I am his child. When you don't know what to do, use your daddy card. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You got to call him because you're his child. Listen, don't get too old where you don't want to be a child. Don't get too arrogant where you don't want to be a child no more. 
I'm grown. You know, you went through puberty and all that kind of stuff, and now you're grown. Now, I, I, I don't want to bother God no more. That's for sissies, punks, girls call God. I'm a man. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm a man. I don't. I, I, I got to fix this problem. Man, I was on the side of the Lord. I need your help, Lord. Shoot. I <laughs> Listen, I'm the first to get on my knees and say, man, I, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. That's it. That's all I can say. I don't get off theological God because you know why? Because I have a, listen to, listen to what I said, a relationship. You know what that means? That means it's not religion. It's not theory. You understand what I'm saying? It's practical. It's practical. Like I can go to him like, Lord, listen, listen. I'm struggling here, Lord. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Verse, verse, verse 12, he says, even to those who believe what? So, so here's the next point, right? We have a requirement. Tell your neighbor one. One. And that is to believe. I'm going to say it one more time. To believe. Can I ask you a question? Why do you doubt so much? You have to believe in that name. That name. That demons can't stand. That name that breaks down barriers. That name that can build your life. That name that can change you. That name that can transform you. I'm talking about that name. He says, but there's one requirement, and you got to believe in that name in order to have that relationship, in order to change your circumstance. You got to believe. Can I tell somebody something today? Can I tell you something? You used to believe. Oh, let me help you. What happened? Well, circumstances changed. You know what that circumstance was designed to do? To prove that you didn't really believe. So that you can come to a real relationship with him. Because God loves you so much that he don't want you to live your whole life as a lie. Oh, did y'all catch that? You said you believe, but you're not living like you believe. And so the circumstance happened, so now you definitely don't believe. And God was saying you were faking the whole time. Some of it was real, but you know. So now what I want you to do is take that moment now and say, okay, okay, God, I got it. I got to believe. Can I ask something? Why is believing so hard? Is believing so hard because it's not going your way? Is believing so hard because things aren't working out the way you want to work out? Listen, believing in Jesus is one of the greatest things you'll ever do, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. It takes an act of faith. Watch this. Watch this. You ready? 
He says, even to those who call what? Those who believe in his what? Who were born what? Verse 13. Not of what? Not of what? Blood. Not of what? Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. Stop right there. I want to stop right there. I got a point right there. Blood, flesh, man, and will won't save you. So we are born again by God, not of anything else. Write that down. We are born again by what? God and nothing else. And nothing else. We are born again because God saw fit to save us. Aren't you glad that he chose you? Aren't you glad that when you received him, listen, it wasn't flesh and blood. It wasn't the will of man. It wasn't nobody pumping you. It wasn't nobody priming you. It wasn't nobody telling you, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Oh, yeah, it's going to get greater. Some of you want that. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, here's the thing. <laughs> hey, it was God. He says, who were born not of blood? The will. Do you know the will of the flesh can make you believe stuff that ain't true? You know when he says blood, you know what he's talking about? People. Do you know when he talks about the will of man? It means people can have a purpose for your life. And bring you to a Christ that's not even in the Bible. But not you. Tell your neighbor, not me. So, I believe that what John is saying to us today is very practical. You see, the further you go down in the ocean, the more pressurized the ocean becomes. The further you go, the more you'll be squashed. If you go deep enough in the ocean, the pressure will flatten you like a pancake. The deeper you go, the greater the pressure. I will say it one more time. When the diver went down looking for the Titanic, what they did, they made the trip in a small submarine. You know, they went down. And if the divers went to investigate the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean without a submarine, they would have been totally destroyed because the pressure in their body is less than the pressure in the water. Their body would have collapsed because of the outside pressure of the water. Even though the water is squeezing against the submarine trying to collapse it, it cannot because the submarine has been pressurized. The divers can go deeper and deeper and still remain safe and secure because the pressure on the inside is greater than the pressure outside. Most Christians leave church every Sunday only to go into the world and be 
under pressure. They are under pressure at work, under pressure at home, and in their various circumstances. Satan is trying to collapse you. I wish I had somebody. Some people have headaches because the pressure is so great. Some people are stressed because the pressure is so great. Some people are ill because the pressure is so great. Here's the thing. We cannot tell the ocean to stop pressurizing us. That's the nature of going deep into the world. The deeper you go, the more pressure you get. The world can't help but pressure you. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. If you go deep inside on the inside, then you're pressurized on the outside and you won't collapse. What you got to understand is that what God started in you, he'll finish. That you have the ability to stand up under pressure. Do I have anybody here this morning who understand what I'm talking about? That no matter what the devil may try to do to you, you got to believe that what God started in you, he will finish. That you are a child of God. That you have rights. That you have the ability to stand in the midst of adversity. Why? Because what's inside of you is greater than what's outside of you. Give God a hand clap of praise. Do you know him? Have you tried him? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Wake me up this morning. Start me on my way. Put food on my table. Close on my back. Say yeah. Say yeah. Hallelujah. To his holy name. What's inside of you going to eventually come out of you. And I've been holding that for a long time. You with me? Jesus. It's impossible for me to talk about Jesus and be quiet. And I'm talking to somebody here today. Practical. Practical. I know you want prosperity. I know you want blessings. But get the practical stuff down first so God can bless you and you can keep the blessing. Because now you have the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge to steward it. To manage it. God ain't going to give no fool no million dollars. Promise you that. Especially if you ain't going to tithe on it. He ain't giving it to you. You can wish. You can look out the window and wish and look at everybody else. But if you change your mindset, he going to bless you. I know he going to bless you. You can take that to the bank because you're a child of God. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. In my heart. Not just in name, but in my... I mess up. But I don't pay attention to my mess ups because guess what? I know who can clean it up. 
that's what the devil wants you to focus on. Oh, you messed up. Nah, man, I know I messed up. But God said, here I come. Here I come. Here I come. I got that fabulosa. I got that bleach. I'm going to clean that thing up for you, boy. Because why? Because I'm a child of God. Give God a hand clap of praise. Child of God. Child of God. Child of God. Child of God. Come on, say Child of God. Child of God. Child of God. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. That's what I'm talking about. Give God a hand clap of praise. Wasn't the coffee today. I only had one cup. <laughs> hey. Won't he do it? Won't he do it, y'all? I said, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yeah. He will do it. Because he's God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I had a feeling today was going to be a special day. The level of my attacks <laughs> shows me the level of my victory. And I thank God that no matter what the devil throws at us, we're going to make it anyhow. We're going to make it anyhow. Yeah, we will. Yes, we will. I'm a child of God. He gave me the right. And you can't say, no, you, you, know, you ain't no, that ain't your daddy. Yep, it's our daddy. How about that? You want to pray for me? I'll pray for you too. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because we both got access. As many as receive him to them gave the right to become children of God not of the flesh blood flesh or the will of man but of God if you need prayer this morning I want to pray for you if you're ready you know what I say, don't take back what the devil stood. He, he put his hand on it. You don't want that. I always say this, come and get your life back. I don't want what the devil put his hand on. He can keep it. Sometimes you just got to pack up and leave. I just spoke to somebody right there. You know what, I'm going to go home and pack up and leave. <laughs> Look, don't do that. Listen. At least take your clothes. <laughs> People fighting over stuff. Keep stuff. Sometimes you just need to make a clean break. Because whatever that is that you think you can't, you can't handle. But I want to say to somebody here today, you got to come get your life back.
God hasn't stopped loving you. He has not stopped loving you. So as a child of God, come and talk to your dad.